This is Minimalish. I'm your host, Desiree, and before we get started, let me be clear. This podcast isn't just about minimalism. It's a podcast about living fully. Over the past few years, I've learned that living with a little less in our homes and on our calendars leads to less cluttering up our minds, which simply helps give us the space to give our time and thoughts to the things that actually matter. So what do we talk about on here? We talk about minimalism and decluttering and how to get there, yes. But we also have conversations about pursuing intentionality in the things that matter, like our motherhood, faith, relationships, work, and mindset. Minimalish is a podcast for the women committed to contentment and loving the life in front of them, committed to living with a little less so they can create space for the things that matter most. What it's not about, how many spoons you should have, or any kind of rules or legalistic minimalism that promises you'll be happier if you just get rid of more stuff. Getting rid of stuff isn't what will make you happy. It's about the life you live with the new space you find. If that sounds good to you, grab a mug of whatever you like and stick around. I'm so grateful you're here. Hey friend, welcome back to Minimalish. This is episode 77. I'm your host, Desiree, and we are talking about decluttering today, which is obviously a somewhat common topic on this podcast, but fun fact, I do not love decluttering. Like it's not my hobby, it's not super fun. I think the more that I do it, the easier it gets. But today we're kind of going back to the basics in a way. I've brought on a guest that actually does love decluttering, my friend Diana. You can find her at The Decluttered Mom on Instagram. She helps guide women through decluttering. It's something that she absolutely loves doing. And she is going to talk to us today about, I'm considering it just a spring overhaul in general. We're talking about decluttering. We're talking about a good starting point for decluttering. Um, We're talking about emotional clutter. We're also talking about kind of a part two of minimalism, if you want to call it that. So decluttering is kind of step one. And then Diana believes that step two is about systems and habits and routines, which I would agree that these things definitely streamline our life and make it a little bit simpler. So we'll talk briefly about routines as well. We'll talk about community and how having community as we are making this lifestyle shift and as we are going through decluttering in general is so helpful. Diana always talks about minimalism in such a clear and understandable way that I think all of us can apply to our lives. She really talks about the tangibles and how to apply it to our lives. A couple of things to note. One, you might notice, and if you didn't, I'm drawing it to your attention, so you probably will. There is quite the audio change and even a tone change from the first half of the episode to the second half. And the reason for this is we recorded these parts of the episode at different times. I had an issue with the first part of the episode, so we had to re-record it. The second part of the episode was recorded months ago, and the first part was recorded about two days after this whole coronavirus thing started. So I feel like our demeanors were a little bit different. Also, I have a new mic now than I did months ago, so the audio is different. So I just wanted to let you know if you noticed that. That is why I have some grace (laughs) for my audio quality in the second half of the episode, and even the first half. I'm not really sure what was happening, but... It is overall not extremely worrisome or noticeable, but just in case you did notice, that's what's going on there. I also just want to say that I hope that everyone is doing well. I hope that you're staying healthy. I hope that you are staying safe in the midst of all of this that is going on in the world right now. 
if you are listening to this in real time on April 1st as it is coming out, then you are in the midst of a global pandemic as we all are. So I am just thinking of you. I am praying for you as a community and I wanted to let you know that. My original plan was to do this spring decluttering mini series and have a few episodes of just the basics of minimalism. And I feel like this episode, along with the one I put out two weeks ago on the KonMari method, just give two different perspectives on getting started with minimalism and decluttering in general. So I hope it's helpful for you. If you're stuck at home, you might not have a place to be able to declutter your items to, as in the donation centers are really not necessarily opened at this time. So it might be a little bit of a struggle, but if you have a place that you can store items in in the meantime, it is a good time to declutter for a lot of us because we might have more time in our homes with less on the schedule to be able to do that. A couple of quick announcements before we get to today's episode. One is that the Minimalish Book Club is starting up again next week. So what we do is we read one book over two months. The first month we read the book and the second month we apply the concepts of the book in some sort of challenge. This time around through April and May, we are reading the book, The Joy of Missing Out by Tanya Dalton. And I am so excited to read it along with you all. I'm so excited to do this as a community. It is a really good time for a virtual book club to just have community and to read something that is going to help us make positive change in our lives. If you wanna join in as we read, We will have weekly discussion threads and we will have two meetings this month, two virtual book club meetings. I'm so excited for them. I'm so excited to be doing this together. Sign up start today. You can go to patreon.com slash minimalish to see what that's all about, to see all the details and to join us in the book club. We begin reading on April 6th. So there is a little bit of time to grab the book in the meantime. The second announcement is that my guest today, Diana, is going to be doing a decluttering challenge. So if you want a little bit of community while you are starting out decluttering or as you are doing some maintenance decluttering, she has great decluttering challenges. So definitely join in on this one. I have the link in the show notes that you can go to to make sure you sign up for her challenge. With all that said, let's dive into my conversation with Diana. Okay, well, today I have my friend Diana from The Decluttered Mom on Instagram, and I'm just so excited to chat with her. We're going to be talking about minimalism and decluttering, but before we get started, Diana, could you tell our listeners who you are and what you do? Yeah, thank you, first of all, so much for having me today. I'm super excited to chat with you. It's fun to actually, like, connect with you, not on Instagram DMs. (laughs) I know, I know. (laughs) Um, So I live in Denver, Colorado um, with my husband and two girls, and I am just basically on a mission to help as many moms as I can live a minimalish lifestyle as I've discovered in the past few years because it's been super, super helpful um, basically in every aspect of my life, but especially just in my home management and Uh, my ability to have more time (laughs) to do what I want and what I love instead of picking up after my kids all the time. Yeah. And I love all that you do. And I'm so glad that we've been able to connect. We, fun fact um, for anyone listening right now, we met because of the word minimalish, because I think it was, I mean, 
I say met, but obviously we've never met in person because you're in Denver and I'm in Pittsburgh, maybe one day. Um, But yeah, I just remember still that you messaged me one day and just said, I have people asking to come into my Facebook group asking about my podcast, but I don't have one. You use the word minimalish, I use it. And it's so fun that we've gotten to connect since then. And I feel like what we do is very aligned. So I'm so excited uh, to get to chat with you about all of that. Like it's meant to be. (laughs) It is. (laughs) So first of all, I want to know what, speaking of minimalish, I want to know what your definition of minimalish is and why you decided like in the beginning to pursue I guess, minimalism in general, or if you called it minimalish from the beginning, just what did that look like for you all? Yeah, absolutely. So I, you know, every time I heard the term minimalism or minimalist, I always pictured like an empty house with white walls and like one modern looking couch and one plant in the corner. And like, that's it. Like Mm. to me, minimal minimalism sounded like deprivation. Um, even though I know that that's not what it is, it's just, I think it had that connotation in my brain for whatever reason. And so when I began this journey and I felt like I was at a point that I was a minimalist in my own mind, um, the word just didn't feel right to me. So I just started saying that I felt more minimalish, you know, Um, and it just kind of stuck and and we went from there. But to me, um, being minimalish is getting rid of excess stuff in our home and in our lives so that we have more room and more space for the things that we really do value and we really do want to put our time and energy into. Yeah, I love that. And that's, I think the idea of just adding the ish to it for me too, is just kind of about freedom for some reason. I feel like if you say like, I'm a minimalist, it just is attaches a label that doesn't need to be there. Right. There's like pressure. It's like, if you're a minimalist, then you have to like adhere to certain rules or restrictions. I think, I don't think you have to, I think that's the perception that people have. And so Yeah, it's kind of like adding the ish gives you a little more grace. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Can add it to many different words to make that happen. (laughs) Exactly. So let's talk about your story a little bit just with minimalism, minimalish living. Like when did it start for you? And what would you say is the biggest difference if you can think of like the biggest difference from before and after? Yeah, I think um, the most important thing to say is that I get messages on Instagram all the time about how, like, I really want to, I really want to pursue like living with less, but I'm a very messy person or like I grew up in a very messy household. um, So I don't think I can. And the crazy thing is, is that I have always been like a very messy person. Like since I was a child, ask my college roommates, like, I just never was a naturally tidy person. Um, So when I had just had my second child, um, Lila, who's now three years old, when she was a newborn, she was colicky. And she was like red-faced, screaming baby, except for the 15 minutes at a time that she slept for the first three months. So 
there was one specific night that I remember when she was two or three weeks old and it was, I remember it was 3.45 in the morning um, and I was bouncing her on a yoga ball in the bathroom <laughs> in the dark with the shower running, with the humidifier running, like I had it down to a science. But um, as I was bouncing, I just kind of looked around and I felt consumed by all the stuff around me. And I felt like I couldn't breathe. Like I literally felt like I was suffocating. Um, and at that time, I remember there was like a dirty diaper in the corner and there were tons of different laundry piles. And I don't think you could even tell what color my countertops were because they were so packed full of stuff. Um, and I just remember crying and like feeling very, very defeated. And luckily at that time in my life, my mom and several friends reminded me that I had a three-year-old and a colicky mm -hmm. newborn and I could, you know, give myself grace and calm down a little bit. Um, but once the colic calmed down and she was sleeping two to three hour time blocks, uh, a friend told me about the documentary, The Minimalist. Have you seen that? Before. Yeah. 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 So I watched it and like, as I was watching it, I was like, this is what I need. But at the same time I was like, okay, but these guys are like in their early twenties without kids. So of course they can like give everything away, um, and live this lifestyle. I don't know how you can do that with kids. So, um, I kind of like let it go for a minute, but there was something pulling me like in the back of my head. And now I like fully believe that that was like God telling me like, you need to do this. You need to pursue this. So I just started getting rid of stuff. Um, and it was hard and it was a roller coaster. And I did a lot of things that not necessarily wrong, but I know that now that they took, it made me take way longer than it needed to because of the mistakes I was making. Um, but over about a nine to 10 month period, I got rid of 70% of our household items. And, uh, which is a lot, especially considering how much stuff we had. I felt like the delivery driver or the, uh, pickup driver for, for my donation pickup was like getting really irritated with me because every week <laughs> I would have like a port full of stuff. Um, but after that, um, I started helping friends, which turned into like a business locally, which then turned on into helping women online, which is what I do now with being able to declutter their homes in a really efficient manner so that they can avoid all the mistakes that I made when I was doing it. But I think the biggest thing for me was that I noticed once I got to the point where I wanted to be with getting rid of things was that my anxiety levels went way down, like drastically down. Um, like I actually enjoyed being home and like felt like I was waking up for a new day, feeling like ready to go instead of feeling like I was already behind with all the stuff I had to do around me. It freed up so much time and it gave me time to be intentional and purposeful with my kids and with my husband um, instead of just like wanting desiring to have that and not having the time to do it. Yeah, that it's funny hearing your story. I realize our stories are so similar because for me, the first time I heard about minimalism was through the minimalist documentary as well. Um, yeah. But my husband was the big difference I think is uh, my husband was in on it with me. And I know your husband was not 
on board at first, right? No. And it's been about a little over three years now. And he, he like has taken baby steps towards being on board. Um, But I think I did everything wrong with approaching it with a spouse who was not on board because it caused a lot of tension. It caused a lot of fights. Um, I probably said not very nice things to him throughout the process. Um, and But now I know how to help other women go through that process with spouses who are not on board because it's kind of funny, Desiree. It's like husbands either hate me or love me because they're like, yes, like she's getting my wife <laughs> to get rid of this stuff. Or she's like, man, she's making my wife throw away all this stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I am glad that you have that perspective because I think it is so important that, I don't know, that we can know how to, how to approach other relationships, whether it is a spouse or family members in general, when it comes to, we want to live with less and they're not understanding that. But let's backtrack a little bit. I just want to know what, what was the process like when you started teaching others how to make this change? Like what made you want to start that? What happened was I'm part of a MOPS group locally and um, I was telling my friend, like a couple of my friends in that group knew what I was doing and thought I was kind of crazy. And mm-hmm. then they started asking me questions. They're like, well, what, well, did you get, what did you get rid of in this area of the home? You know, like, what did you get rid of in the kitchen or whatever? And then a couple of times they were like, can you come over to my house and help me? Because I want to, I just don't know how to do it. So I'd go to their house and help them through the whole process. And I helped a couple of them do like their entire home. Um, and I found that like through that, I was like, okay, I feel like I'm kind of good at this, like (laughs) learning how Mm -hmm. to let go of things, um, and showing other people how to let go of things. And so it just kind of like snowballed from there, you know, friends told other friends, um, and I was able to then start a company where I go into people's homes and help them. Um, But then I had a couple of friends that wanted my help that were not local. So they were like, well, can you still help me? Can we figure something out online? So I started investigating that and figuring out how to do that. And uh, I found that I actually enjoyed doing that even more because going into someone's home is great. It's fun. Um, but I think then they don't take as much responsibility of letting go of things. It was more like me telling them what to let go of and what to keep. And I found that when I worked with people online and I was able to teach them how to go through the process of letting go, it made a more lasting change because they were the ones having to make those decisions, if that makes sense. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. Like you can't necessarily, I mean, you can kind of hold their hand through the process but you can't make the decisions for them and you can just give them the tools to make those decisions so I think that makes so much sense I hope you're enjoying today's episode but I'm going to take a break to thank the sponsors that are helping make minimalish possible this week if you have a pet or know someone who does you will want to know about solid gold 80% of the immune system is influenced by the gut. This is true for us and our pets. Solid Gold is passionate about the gut health and overall wellness of our pets. And they were the first holistic pet food company in America, started in 1974 by Sissy McGill. She disrupted a male-dominated industry 
and created a natural pet food before it was even cool to have natural pet foods. <laughs> Solid Gold's nutritional platform is inspired by their founding belief that high quality food is the best way to impact our pet's mind, body, and spirit. For over 45 years, Solid Gold has revolutionized the holistic pet food category and they have a recipe for any dog or cat's dietary needs, including healthy whole grain and grain-free options, wet food, supplements like 100% human-grade bone broth and sea meal, which is a supplement that I use for our golden doodle, Hemi. He loves the taste of it, and it does wonders for his hair and skin. Solid Gold Foods are different because they cleanse the digestive system with whole superfoods. They balance it with living probiotics and fuel it with omega-3 and 6 fatty acids, supporting gut health and nourishing your pet inside and out. Right now, you can see the Solid Gold Deal of the Week if you go to solidgoldpet.com minimalish. That's solidgoldpet.com minimalish to see the Deal of the Week. solidgoldpet.com minimalish. I'm also excited to tell you about Kyrgyz. If you're stuck at home, make your home somewhere you want to be, and Kyrgyz wants to help you do that. They are on a mission to bring comfort, coziness, and huga to your home. Kyrgyz is committed to creating opportunities for the fine people of Kyrgyzstan. Each pair is handmade using centuries-old felting techniques, which make your feet feel warm and cozy, and not only do they make your feet feel great, wearing Kyrgyz celebrates the cultural heritage of an ancient part of the world. And every pair of Kyrgyz is handcrafted by artisans who are paid a living wage and work in a safe and supportive work environment. Wool is a special natural material that is sustainable, renewable, naturally breathable, comfortable in all seasons, and it's odor and stain repellent. The natural properties of wool will always keep your feet at the perfect temperature, whether it's spring, summer, winter, or fall in any season. Your home is your sanctuary. It's your safe place. Kyrgyz helps you treat it as that. By putting on your Kyrgyz upon arrival at home, you're signaling to yourself that you can leave the worries of the outside world outside. Their newest model, Tengri's, are unique. The felt in the Tengri's is softer, it's more pliable, so it fits to your foot like a warm hug. It features high backs and a pull-on tab, so once you're in them, you will not want to take them off. I can attest to this, I have a pair of Tengri's and I'm constantly wearing them. They keep my feet at the perfect temperature. I love them. And they make my days at home just that much cozier. Visit kyrgyz.com and use promo code minimalish to get 15% off your order. That's K-Y-R-G-I-E-S.com and use promo code minimalish to get 15% off your order. All right, friends, let's get back to the show. Whether it's online or in person, when you're helping women do this, where do you tell them to start or what advice do you give them with that overwhelmed feeling in general to get started? Yeah. So I think when you look at like your entire home and know that you have to do your entire home, it's like paralyzing, right? Yeah. Um, so this is going to sound really weird, but I actually tell women to start with the front of their fridge and I tell them to take every possible thing off the front of the fridge. I call it the naked fridge. Um, <laughs> and it's just because the fridge tends to collect a lot of visual clutter, even if it's things that are really important to us or we really like looking at. Taking everything off the front of the fridge just kind of gives the entire room a different feeling. And I think that can kind of help someone that's feeling overwhelmed see like a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel and start to build momentum. So I, you don't have to throw it away. You don't have to do anything with it. Just put it in a drawer for seven days and have it 
naked fridge for seven days and then see how it feels like when you walk into that room. How does it change the feeling of the room or how you feel when you're in there? So that's what I would start with. Um, And then when you're wanting to like actually tackle clutter, I start with areas of the home that are not sentimental. So like the bathroom, the laundry room, um, the linen closet. I often see people start with their clothes, which I think is the worst idea ever because they hold so much emotion, especially for women and especially for moms, because a lot of times we don't fit in clothes after baby, right? Um, So just starting in different areas of the home that aren't going to give you as much trouble. But the other thing is, oftentimes I see people try to tackle their house and they declutter Um, And then like two weeks later, everything looks the same (laughs) as it Mm -hmm. did before. Um, And I see it happen all the time. And I think it's because they're not ruthless enough when they're decluttering. And I think they're not ruthless enough when they're decluttering because they're running into those emotional obstacles that are super, super common. And they don't know how to tackle those. And so they just keep the item. And that happens over and over and over. So I think tackling the emotional side of it first is really, really crucial um, to be able to be really successful in like fully decluttering your home. Yeah. When you say like tackling the emotional side of it, what does that look like? Does it look like going into a room that's highly emotional and just starting to dig through it? Or I mean, not necessarily that the room is emotional, but it holds a lot of stuff or, you know, having the right questions to ask yourself. What does that look like? I think having the right questions to ask yourself is a really good one. Sitting down before you even begin and thinking really, like really looking inside yourself about your why, like why are you doing this? Because if it's just surface level, like you want a clean house or you want an organized house, which are great, but they're not enough to get you to the point where you're going to be really ruthless, right? So writing down your why, I actually recommend you to hand write it. Don't type it in your phone or on your computer, like hand write it out. And I know you are big (laughs) on using paper, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So handwriting it out and then putting it up on a wall somewhere that you can see it every day, like in your closet or something like that. Um, That's going to be a really big one. And just working through those different things, like what if I need it later? And, you know, this was a gift and I feel bad or uh, I spent money on this. So how could I give give this away if we're on a really tight budget. So just kind of working through those questions. And if you're able to do that, then you're going to, you're going to be able to let go of things a lot quicker. And you're going to, you're going to be just in a better position when you're done to not have to like, just keep going through it and keep going through it. And I think too, something that helped me eventually, I didn't discover it for a while. And right now there's so much community out there for anyone who wants to start this. And sometimes if you just go into the great wide world of Instagram and look up the <laughs> hashtag minimalism, you might find that there's almost too much noise and it might feel overwhelming. But I think it is important to ground yourself in community or surround yourself with messages that resonate with you, um, you know, whether it's a podcast or an online program, which you have online, an online program for people who want to do this. And I think that's so important. It was for me because at first, like at least my husband was on board with me because if not, I probably wouldn't have gotten anywhere because <laughs> it kind of feels crazy. You're like, wait, right. I, 
I feel crazy. <laughs> and even, you know, I would never would have been like, hey, let's downsize our house. That wouldn't have been something I would have just said to my husband. I would have felt like a crazy person because people don't don't just get rid of their stuff or decide that bigger and better isn't what actually matters. Um, right. So, yeah, if you can find like-minded people, which you can, there are so many options. They might not be in your, you know, it might not be on your street or someone face-to-face, but online, then I think that really can help too. Absolutely. And I think also going along with the whole community thing, like if you search minimalism on Facebook, you're going to find some crazy Facebook groups, like mm. hardcore, like very like rules-based, you know, um, where if you don't follow the core group's idea of what minimalism is, then you will get attacked, right? Yeah. Um, and some people, and that's just the thing, just like you said, everyone's different and everyone's going to find their community in different styles of minimalism. Um, so I think it's just important that if someone's listening and they start looking for community on Facebook or Instagram and they do see something that's too intense for them, then keep looking. Like, don't think that that's the only thing out there to find that community in. Yeah, it's so true. That's the thing is it feels like it's overwhelming if you surround yourself in that community to start, unless that's how you feel as well, then that works too, I guess. Right. There's so so many different, and and that's what's funny is like when people start on this journey, they don't realize how many, like, there's almost like different sects of minimalism, like denominations or something, you know, like there's like environmental minimalists and like very like, uh, legalistic minimalists and then like minimalists that aren't really minimalists. <laughs> like there's just yeah. so many, um, out there that, yeah, I stumbled into a couple of those groups when I was first starting the journey and I was like, Oh crap, I can't use a trash can anymore. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I know. I just think it's so funny. I did not realize it was there and it was definitely there before I started the podcast, I was just like, you know, there's not many people podcasting about minimalism and there is now more. But once I started, all these people found me on Instagram. Like, whoa, this is already (laughs) out there. I had no idea. There are other people that are doing it in a grace-filled way and non-legalistic like you that are out there. And that helps, I think. It helped me to surround myself in community and find other people that were like-minded, even though I was already in it and I had already decluttered. It just, it just helps to know, okay, I like, I don't feel crazy anymore talking about it (laughs) until I start talking about it to someone who doesn't know what I'm talking about. Then I'm like, oh yeah, this isn't necessarily normal, you know, in quotes. And like you said, like all of those different types of minimalism, they're not bad, you know, they're just different personalities go with different types of minimalism and um, they're all cool in their own way. It's just, you know, you got to find the right area. (laughs) You got to find your people. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So I would love to hear you talk about your systems and routines and because that's something that you share a lot of too. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you just have so many of those quote mom hacks. I feel like following you is like following simplifying mom life in general. And it starts with decluttering, but then it just gets to like, how can we simplify these things that we dread almost? So what is your, someone asked me this question lately 
and I thought I would ask it to you as well. Um, what's your favorite system and or routine, whatever you want to focus on, and how does it help you simplify your life, and what does it look like? Yeah, so kind of like you were saying, like I consider decluttering the first step, and then the second step is something I call habits, systems, and routine. So it's just different things that you can be doing in your home. I know some people don't like the word routine, but I would say my favorite one or I don't know if it's my favorite or just like the most impactful in my home is something I call PM pickup, which if you do follow me on Instagram, I do like the time lapse of videos of yeah. it. Um, and it simply is, it's kind of two pronged approach. Um, when my girls are still awake before they go to bed, anyone that's home has to help with PM pickup. And we put like this super annoying song on Alexa about cleaning up. <laughs> and we have 15 minutes where all we're doing is just walking around the house and putting things back into their homes. They never really resisted it. And I think it's because I tried to make it fun and I helped them. But then the second prong to that is after they go to bed, then I do PM pickup in the primarily in the kitchen, whereas I basically just reset the kitchen. And I do this because I found that when I come down the stairs in the morning to a kitchen that's like the countertops are wiped off, the dishes are done, like everything's put away, I just start my day like on a better note. Um, I have more patience with my kids. I have more patience with my husband. Um, I just have more energy than when I walk down the stairs and like there's a sink full of dirty dishes and like paper piled all over the countertop and bread left on the floor <laughs> from dinner, you know, like yeah. um, just having that reset is, is crucial um, to how our home runs. And the cool thing is that when you have decluttered, it doesn't take you very long because you don't have a lot of stuff that gets out during the day. So it doesn't, you know, I would say most nights it takes me 10 to 20 minutes tops to have the house totally picked up and ready to go for the next day. It's not about having a clean home to me. And I want to make that clear. I don't want it to be Pinterest perfect. You know, the cleanliness isn't my goal. My goal is to be able to walk into the downstairs first thing in the morning and just have a fresh, clean slate for the day, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's, I don't know, it's refreshing mentally. And it mm -hmm. just is a way to, I think, also take care of your space. Like, it's not about what it looks like, maybe to anyone else or right. per searching for perfectionism. But that has been a huge change for me as well. I know some days, it feels like even when literally all of our stuff in the house is like on the floor <laughs> instead of where it's supposed to be. I have some of those days, especially with Gemma's toys and the kitchen. Uh -huh. Sometimes I feel like everything I literally use is out <laughs> on the countertops by right. the end of the day, whether I food prepped or what. Right. It doesn't take that long. It still takes, you know, 20 to 30 minutes at the very most mm -hmm. to get it to the place where it's completely put away. And it could probably just take 15 minutes to get to the place where it's like good enough, which right. I we're at the place of good enough a lot, I'd say. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I get that. And I think the other thing too is like, I remember pre-decluttering, like if anything happened out of the norm, like someone got sick or, uh, you know, we went out of town or like anything out of the norm, I felt like it took like three weeks to get back to normal in our house. And now like if I, if someone's sick or, you know, my daughter broke her arm this fall. And so that was like a big disruption in the home as far as like how it was running. Um, I was able to like put those routines on the back burner and be able to be there for my daughter and 
focus on her and focus on what I needed to do for her and for the family as a whole. And then after like, you know, after the clouds, storm clouds lifted, then, Mm -hmm. then it didn't like, it took me like a couple hours to get everything back to normal, which normally would have taken forever. And I think it's just a matter of like, when you have these routines and systems in place, it doesn't let your home get too out of control in the first place. And I think that's where I was before minimalism. It's just, it was always days away from being clean. I um, have loved chatting with you all about this. I think it's going to be so helpful for anyone who's just starting out, anyone who feels overwhelmed and has stumbled upon this. So thank you so much. Um, But before you go, I have two questions I ask every guest. And the first one is what's something that you're simplifying right now? Okay, so something I'm simplifying right now is my calendar. Um, And that's something that I've always tried doing. But as my business has grown, um, I'm finding more and more that I have to just take things off my plate. So like for 2020, I've already sat down and decided on a couple of things I'm just not going to do anymore that I was doing before. um, Because it's just getting to be too much. So yeah, I'm simplifying my calendar. Yeah, that's so good. And so needed from time to time, I think. Right. Uh, um, Okay. And then what's something that you can't stop talking about? Okay. So people think I'm crazy because I can't stop talking about meditation. Um, And it's funny because, you know, it's considered very like woo woo. Mm. um, And I don't know. I started guided meditation this year. So like I started it in January of this year and it has like legit been a game changer. Like it has changed my life. No joke. Um, for anxiety purposes and just like being a calmer person in general. Um, I have found it like uh, what I need to start doing is your morning lists. (laughs) right before or right after I meditate in the morning because it's like it calms my brain and then when I'm done meditating it's like oh I have all these ideas and things and like affirmations and things that I want to start my day with so I might start doing that actually yeah I of course am all for them (laughs) yeah I'm obsessed with them but I I've wanted to do more meditating I try to um do like prayer and devotional in the morning but yeah And I feel like sometimes the way I do that is more meditative as well. But I feel like guided meditations would help, especially with anxiety and everything. What resources have you used for that? Yeah, so I started with an app called Simple Habit. And Mm -hmm. I think they have a free version and a paid version. I used the free one for like a couple weeks and then I upgraded to the paid version. And then once I pretty much did every meditation in there, I moved (laughs) to an app called Insight Timer. Um which I really love. It's just a little more. I think it's like $70 for a year um, access to it. But those have been really great because you can type in like different topics. So like I'm feeling anxious or I want to go to sleep and I can't, Um, things like that. And it has like thousands of meditations anywhere from like two minutes to 90 minutes. So you can start really small. But something you said real quick is, the thing about like starting your morning with prayer and devotional and I've actually kind of turned meditation like a lot of it is like I end up praying through meditation Mm -hmm. Um, yeah so I found that it like has kind of like it's been really great for me um 
because I've been able to get like all of those benefits of meditation, but I also kind of am able to turn it into a prayer time also. Yeah, I totally get that because I think like some, some days I do an, a devotion on top of my list and some days I just don't, but yeah. I like my faith is within all of what I do in the morning, you know, it's yep. like as I'm writing the lists, I'm prayerfully considering them. Like they are, I'm basically listing out things to God. So right. that, that's just like how it works for me. And not that devotions aren't great because they are, and I need them sometimes, but right. it's just, you know, devotions are for the most part, a lot of times like someone else's words. So if we can kind of take, you know, like a meditation, a guided mm-hmm. meditation, someone else's words and we take it and we apply it, you know, to whatever our own faith or like beliefs looks like. Yeah, absolutely. And I've also found meditation to be really fun for my five-year-old too, which I never yeah. expected, like, cause she would see me do it and she'd ask like, what are you, what are you doing mom? <laughs> um, and so they ha- the apps even have, or I don't know, I don't know if insight timer does or, um, simple habit does but insight timer has kids meditations too and they're really short and they're mostly affirmation based um so that's been really cool too oh that's awesome well thanks so much it's so fun to chat and actually like it's chat face to face sort of right i know so (laughs) nice (laughs) i know all right bye let's see let's turn off the recording I hope you enjoyed today's episode, and if you did, if it was encouraging to you, if it helped inspire you in any way to get started with decluttering your house or get on to some maintenance decluttering or revamp a routine of some sort, would you share it with a friend? You can share it on Instagram, screenshot, and share that you're listening in. I love seeing that. And can I just say that I am grateful for your positivity. I'm grateful for your kindness and your feedback during this time. I'm grateful for those of you I've heard from that have said you've enjoyed the episodes where we discuss topics on coronavirus and everything else that that we've been talking about here. Your encouragement has meant so much through this hard time that we're all going through and it's been helping bring me through. So thank you for that. And once again, don't forget the book club is starting April 6th. You can join it starting today at patreon.com slash minimalish. I hope to see you in there. I will talk to you right back here again next week. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.